the 13th year now that we've been doing this podcast officially. Imagine I think you said that and I immediately got struck by lightning. <laughs> but I think we started in 2009. Oh. The beginning of the 13th year. Okay. Okay. I think that's what it is. It's like we talked about it at the end of 2009. Right. And we, I don't think we started recording until February of March or March, February of March of mm-hmm. 2010. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. It's such a great month within a month. Um, uh-huh. But I think it was 2010 where we put out our first couple of episodes. Okay. So you're but right. Still, that's an insane amount of time to do anything. We should have merch. <laughs> and photos. We, we should do a lot of things. <laughs> uh, Happy New Year. How are you? We're doing the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. Folks, this is the long shot. It's a podcast. It's been running for nigh on 13 years now. Uh, on and off with a few right. uh, intervals. The uh, only re- remaining um, founding member members. Right, right. Um, we, you know, everybody else has abandoned ship at this point. And I do, you know, I use the word ship because I like ship novels. If you're poo poo, <laughs> don't don't poo poo. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it, it, first of all, happy not not just happy New Year, happy January sixth. Don't. I knew, I knew, I was like bracing myself for Uh, talking to you on this day. (laughs) Let's just get it out of the way and then we don't have to talk about it again. Okay. Uh, You know, obviously horrific event last year at this time. Uh, Today, you know, everybody knows by now because this won't come out for a couple of days, but Biden gave a speech and people talked about the speech. And then a bunch of the Democrats were in the house and they all made speeches and remembered stuff and whatever. And I found it kind of interesting. And I was watching CNN. This is more just interesting to me than anything else, but I'm going somewhere with this. I was watching CNN and they're talking about Biden's speech. I didn't actually, I still haven't seen Biden's speech. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I would like to watch the whole thing at some point. But CNN is, has got their usual drab panel of pundits on to talk about what Biden said and say, I think he's trying to make it clear that democracy is in trouble, but the country doesn't. And there was a chyron across the bottom of the screen that said something to the effect of the Manhattan District Attorney's Office has just announced that these crimes will no longer be considered felonies and they will not be prosecuting these misdemeanor crimes and whatever, because there's a new district attorney in Manhattan and uh, he ran on a platform of criminal reform. So he's gotten into office and he is trying to change some things. And this is fascinating to me because as we've discussed, one of my brothers works in that office as a prosecutor and worked very closely with the previous district attorney and now is in this situation where his boss has changed and he's just trying to figure like, I don't know how it's going to affect him. I talked to him about it a bit while I was uh, uh, in New York over Christmas, not as much as I would have liked, but we'll get into why that was in just a moment. (laughs) Um, but uh, anyway, I just so I almost texted him to say, get ready, because if anything goes wrong with this, 
if one person hops a turnstile and doesn't get arrested and then robs a bank or punches somebody in the face, Fox News is going to turn New York into what they've already turned the example and San Francisco into, which is like a punching bag and a go-to. Like, what about what's going on in Chicago with gun violence? What about gun violence in Chicago? What about robberies in San Francisco? You know, and so anyway, I just kind of was like, oh, and then thought better of texting him that because it might be funny to me. It might not be funny to him. And he is probably aware and doesn't need any more pressure. Uh, yeah, many reasons not to send that text. Uh, but anyway, so then I'm, then I'm sitting there and I'm watching the, I'm watching the old TV here and I'm watching, you know, Congressman Joe Neguse of Colorado, who did a great job on one of the impeachments last year. I don't remember which one if it was the first one or the second one. How many impeachments? Were there, like 11 or 12 impeachments last year. Uh, it was all like in like the first month of the year or something. But he, but he, so he was, he was making a speech on the floor and I was like, and I flipped over to MSNBC and they were also showing it. And I was like, I wonder what they're showing on Fox news. They're not going to be showing these Democrats talking about January 6th. What are they showing? So I flip over, <laughs> I flip over to Fox news and whoever is on Fox news first, it was, uh, I don't know, the white guy with white hair. And then it was the white lady with the anger problem and you know, whatever. And they're like, New York City is an apocalypse. It's burning. It's on fire. The new DA has changed every like it literally happened within 30 oh seconds. Oh my God. Thought. So so just be prepared for New York to be uh you know escape from New York basically um going forward. But anyway, I just can't believe how much damage this one person has been able to do to this country and that it's not over and it's not going away and just keep going. I mean, the guy is a giant, he's a giant insane baby who lives in a temper tantrum. And yet, anyway, so tell me about your vacation. (laughs) My vacation. Um, Did you have a vacation? Did you get time off? Yeah, I had the week between Christmas and New Year's off. Saturday to Saturday. Yeah. So Sunday morning you went back to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, Jeff had Monday off because it landed on a weekend. And we we all thought we did. And then, nope, come back nope, Monday yeah. the 3rd. And it's, like, not that big of a deal. But when you think... You have yeah. it off. It's yeah. like, oh my god, I can't imagine going back up. That's so it. funny because I was teaching and I had class that night on January third, and a lot of my students, I think, thought that they didn't have to have class, and it was noticeable, like in the energy in the class, <laughs> the amount of work the people handed in, and whatever. I was like, guys, come on, let's pick it up a little. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know. Um. But but yeah. We were home. It was nice. Um, we had like a couple possible holiday friend small gatherings that were all canceled, all of them across the board, because um, Omicron is just doing an, a number on it's, it feels like the whole country, but definitely Los Angeles. I, I think even earlier this week, I didn't totally get it yet. You know, 
even after coming back from New York, I didn't totally get it. And so over the course of the week, I've sort of become more and more aware of just how fucking crazy this all is. Well, also what's, I don't know if I have the words to perfectly encapsulate how I'm feeling, but I'm sure you'll help me out. But there's this, about words. there's this weird push pull where, um, I know multiple people at work currently who have COVID, but because we're work from home, they're all still fucking working. And it feels very dystopian to me. Like, like there's something, and I know that it isn't maybe as bad as it could have been before people were vaccinated, but at least in 2020, if you got COVID, like people are like, Oh, you know, take some time, go have COVID. And there's something like, wow, we are such a fucked up society that now it's like, Oh, you have COVID. Like I need that report by five. Like what is going on? I think you express that perfectly with the words you use. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, it just made me think of the push me, pull you from uh, Dr. Doolittle, which was. Uh, so you didn't listen to any of what I said after. Rex Harrison. Like I was just lost in a reverie. Um, no, that, that is, I think a problem that, well, I feel like we've talked about that a little bit before, not necessarily in terms of, having COVID, but in terms of working from home, Mm -hmm. um, I have been very lucky that I've been able to teach this entire time. And that's been great. But I also feel much more weight from the classes than I did when they were somewhere else. Like Mm. I work way more on stuff for the students. I'm very much more involved. They feel much freer to email me and go, I had another thought. Maybe I could change it like like in between classes, which was just like unheard of before. Mm-hmm. But now they're in my life so much that they're like, oh, I can just, he has nothing else to do than answer my question about one little thing I want to change in my story or whatever, you know? And it's hard for me not to go, guys, do you understand that I have other things going on? Like that class that I was talking about who, who, uh, really shit the bed this week. <laughs> well, one of the problems was they had they were supposed to send in stuff so that we could read through it in class, mm. and that just means reading it ahead of time. And I would say four of them sent stuff in within an hour of class, and it's like I, I have time in my day set aside to do this stuff, and then I have other things I have to do, and so I just don't have time to get to it, you know. Right. And it would be obviously fifty times worse if I was dealing with COVID the entire time. So I can't imagine right, right. how difficult that must be for people, you know? Yeah. It, 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 it's a blessing and a curse because um, like the work from home thing, Yeah, because I, I do like it. I like that. I, I work out and shower like two minutes before my first meeting in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to wake up that much earlier to also get in the car and drive and park and all that stuff. It's not actually uh, this, but it's almost like having two extra hours in your day every day. It it actually is because yeah. also when we're off work, we could just start, I mean, um, making dinner immediately. There isn't a, a stuck in traffic commute there, you know, um, you can just get out of work and turn to Jeff and go, go make dinner. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, like throwing in a load of laundry while I'm at work. Like there's, there's things that make it so that, cause the weekends used to be just like so much had to happen on the weekend, you know, all of the chores, but also all of the relaxation and all of the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just don't do fun anymore. Like as a society, <laughs> I guess some people do, but well, um, I, I think there it's is, different. It's a different. If people are taking this shit seriously, which a lot of people are not, obviously, and that's why we're in the fucked up state that we're in. But if people are taking this seriously, I feel like fun, fun has gone out the window to a certain extent. You know, like I don't go out to bars. I don't go out and hang out. I don't see people. I am. I am locked away in the fortress of solitude, you know, and that's it. And I, I went to that party at your house. That's the one thing I've done in like I know. years, you know, I kept, like, I keep being like, thank God I did yeah. that. Cause it like, it, it, I did who that knows if I I'll see anyone ever. And that's it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, um, me and, um, I want to say three girlfriends had standing plans to go to a matinee to see West Side Story. Um, innocuous, especially like daytime. It never happened. Like it kept feeling scary or, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of instances this week where, and it's like, it's this weird negotiation of like, where is everybody at with all this stuff? You know, in other words, you and I are supposed to meet and talk about something mm-hmm. and I don't want to like presume that you don't want to do that, but I also don't want to presume that you do want to do it. So totally. I've, I've had this experience where I've been like with somebody, I was like, Hey, I want to talk to you about this thing. And I am vaccinated and boosted. So right now I am okay with going and sitting outside somewhere, even if it's just in a park so that we can talk face to face. But if that's something that you are not into, then I'm fine with doing it over zoom. And in two instances, I felt like this week, the response was like, you're out of your fucking mind. We are not going, we are locked down. We are not going. And I'm like, no, 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 I am. I am. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Like, I know, you know, like, well, again, it's so funny how quickly things change because it, it felt like the week before Christmas, COVID was still going on, but it felt, it didn't feel as know where it was going. It didn't feel like it was. um, So I was the asshole. There was a a small group of college friends who wanted to have like a, a college, like we haven't seen each other in years. Let's get together holiday party. When you say small group, was it like five of them or was it like 30 of them and they're all very short? Both. Okay. <laughs> I um I actually don't know the, the total amount of people because I it I wasn't hosting and I wasn't organizing, but I was like, sure, I'm down. And then they sent a, a follow-up email saying, like, hey, just taking the temperature. Do people feel okay with this still? We might cancel. And I wrote back being like, feel totally fine. Like, can't wait to see you there. And then immediately it was like, it's definitely canceled. And I was like, oh, I like didn't, I didn't, I didn't have my finger on the pulse of that one. It, 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 
Yeah, it's all, I mean, that takes me back to the very beginning of the whole pandemic when I had signed up to do a program of like going in and working with stool, uh, with, with school kids on like storytelling. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it um, Young Storytellers? Yeah. and I and love that program so the much. The night before I was going to go in was right when everything was heating up. Yeah. And I was agonizing about it. And I was like, just feel like it's better to not go into a school right now. Mm -hmm. So I sent this long apologetic email. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) And literally the next day I got like, yeah, everything's canceled. Everything's canceled. Don't come in. We're not doing anything. (laughs) uh, Because it is constantly, everything is constantly changing. But I do, it does feel more stressful now in the sense that exactly what you're saying, like it, it, it has to be a personal choice and a personal taking the temperature and then also checking in with that other person where before like wrong or right, how you feel about your freedom or whatever, like it was pretty black and white. No businesses were open. Like right. we're not going anywhere. Right. And now it's, um, I don't know. Well, and, and even this is a new one. So now I'm starting to feel like a dickhead when I walk smudgy around the neighborhood, I don't wear a mask. Um, at some point I forget exactly the date, but once I was vaccinated and it felt like things were lightening up, I stopped wearing a mask, um, for outdoor. I mean, if I was meeting somebody else, I'd wear a mask, but, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But now, like, again, it's like a slow transition, but I'm like, am I now the only person outside not wearing a mask? Like, are people looking at me like now I'm <laughs> the villain? I don't, I don't know. I feel like, first of all, I feel like you are adhering to the science. Like, that is okay to walk. Well, and I stay life. away from everyone. I have a dog that's reactive. Like, I'm not. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm bad about that because I go up to people and just kiss them as soon and as cough. <laughs> um, but uh, I just. But some walk. of it is just like virtual signaling. Virtual. Virtual. Virtual, virtual signaling. <laughs> You're talking about like the Oculus thing? Mm hmm. Yes. And, and, uh, and just communicating that I give a shit about other human beings. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm scared. Like there, there's also, you know, it's a community. It's like a, it's a diverse community. And you hear that thing where it's like, Oh, white people don't care. Like white people are the ones who are like not wearing masks. And I'm like, Oh no. that white lady that everyone else like hates i don't know i mean first of all yes but (laughs) reactive little dog not wearing a mask (laughs) no i just walked down to well i don't want to say where i walked to but let's just say it rhymes with raider moe's and i so i walked through hollywood and there's lots of people around and i would say it was about I would guess about, I did not keep track numerically, but I would say about a third of people were wearing masks and everybody else, like they're outside. And I think people are like, this is just how it is. And I did not do a demographic survey, but I know that the people without masks were not all white ladies that everybody hates. Oh, good. 
it was like some of them were white ladies that people feel okay about <laughs> some of them were white ladies that people really like uh no but i i felt like there some are. people were but it didn't bother me that i wasn't and it didn't seem to bother anybody else that i wasn't and then when i got to my destination that i don't want to say why 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 don't <laughs> except that it rhymes with darth vader's toes um <laughs> I, you know, I put a mask on on my way in um, and then had a long conversation with the cashier because those poor fucking people, you know, and this guy was clearly having a hard time being there with all the shit that's going on. Mm. Um, And I was basically saying, tough luck, pal. You chose this job. You're TikTok. (laughs) That's why you make the big bucks. Yeah, exactly. That's why you get to wear those shirts. Wait, go on. I think I know what you mean, but I would like to hear. I just got the sense that he was nervous about Omicron and mm. and he had and he, up the whole situation yeah, yeah, yeah. and and how you have to be dependent on other people. Yeah, like he is being at responsible his cashier station as everybody is coming in and out of this place. Who I don't want to say what it is, except. Sure. For I respect that. Rhymes with later hose. <laughs> it uh, does. So I, I fell for him, you know, and 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 I I got it. Like I, you know, I sympathize. That's fucking hard, dude. I um, I haven't been to a lot of businesses. Cause I'm a very lucky lady, but, but the ones that I have been to, um, everything looks understaffed and like the lines are long. And, um, I just hope people know, and I hope, and I know that they don't <laughs> like, I, I have, I have, uh, uh, impotent hope, I guess, <laughs> um, that people know, like, to not point their anger at that person that's in front of them, because you mean who's working there? Yeah. God, I hope not. But like, because that is like, they have the least power in the situation, and um, I, I mean, working at the bank, I would be in meetings where people would be begging for like one more part-time employee and it would be all about like the, so that they could have lunch breaks, you know, and it would be all about like, Oh, we can't like justify that financially. But then also we're upset that you don't have good customer service. And it's like, you can't have both. Were they casting spells when they were saying that? No, uh, I was looking at a ledger. I was looking at a very big spreadsheet. Um, But I think in one of those meetings, that's, I never liked working at the bank, but that's when I was like, oh, I got to get the fuck out of here because I have to be the one to tell them like. No lunch for you. (laughs) Point is, I think um, people are short staffed. People are working their asses off. There's a pandemic like this is stressful when I'm at home and safe 
and secure. So like, I can't even, I truly can't even fucking imagine being a frontline worker. I, it, it like boggles my mind. So I just, not that anyone listens to me, but just like be nice, be nice to people who work places. Just be nice. Yeah. I'm with you. I can't imagine it. You know, like I, I, I just oof, brutal. Um, and that's the feeling I got from this guy today was, and he was perfectly pleasant, but he was like, clearly, I don't know, rattled, you know, like, just like, I don't want to be here. This is not cool. I don't feel cool. I've been nervous the whole time I'm here. My shift lasts another, he was not saying any of this, but he was communicating it in the way he was talking, you know? Um, so what else? Checking in, checking in. I can't believe that I'm actually going to say this because this is what Jeff recommended I say as my checking in. And I was like, I made fun of him. And I said, that is not a good checking in. But um, we got a new TV, <laughs> which is very exciting because we have spent so much of the last two years. Like that is our world. That is our entertainment. And so it's um, it felt like, yeah, let's invest in a, a bigger, better TV. We also, I think I've, I've mentioned this before where it was like slightly outdated. I'm talking seven years, but apparently that's ancient in, in mm-hmm. technology terms where um, it wasn't compatible with Roku. So anytime we wanted to go to a new app on Roku, like let's say we were on Netflix and we want to go to HBO Max, we had to restart the Roku or it didn't work. Every single time. And it and it and it got like routine where I would I did it quickly and fine, but um no, we don't have to do that. <laughs> that is how houses get all fucked up, is that over time more and more of those things develop. And so you're like, oh, this is totally normal. I just have to, in order to get this stove to work, I have to go outside and right. in the corner and light a match and that'll start the yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and 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 but it's it's like it's the boiling frog thing where you don't time it just gets totally. worse and worse and worse. So that that's what happened when I be- went back to New York and was at my parents' house. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, um yeah, to your point, it felt totally normal, but the one time we had um Dave Child come to babysit smudgy i was like couldn't be easier all you have to do is click 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 go to settings restart stop it all like like and he's like what are you saying i was like oh i do this five times a night yeah and i'm sure like in his mind he's like i guess i'm not watching tv (laughs) or if i am i'm watching netflix and nothing else you know but it's also so crazy that they make things to be obsolete like it's so messed up because you Planned, planned obsolescence. And I know that it's capitalism and um, <clears throat> market, but like if I take care of my belongings and they still work, it feels like I should still have them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Definitely. But it's it's a much bigger TV. Now I've gotten used to it, but... Um, how big is it? Is it bigger than 13 inches of the last one? Was that how big yours was? <laughs> it's 65 inches. Holy shit. That is... Yeah. Just- Bigger than mine. <laughs> so like a lot bigger than mine. The first time I went to watch it, um, 
I think I put on like a real housewives show because I've gotten really into that. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on this. They became my friends in the pandemic, but um, but it was like, oh, I, <laughs> I don't want to see that much of that. Oh, my death. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> Talk about warts and all. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, it is. It is amazing when you upgrade like that, and you're like, I mean, you know, <laughs> my dad still every time he looks at the TV in their living room, which is probably, I don't know, 245 inches or something like that. Uh, <laughs> If there's, it's particularly sports. If mm. there's like a football game or something on, he's like, Look how well you can see everything. <laughs> like still to this day, he's had the TV for years, you know? <laughs> that's great though. That's, that's yeah, gratitude. Yeah. That's appreciation. Right. Um, so that yeah, was, a- imagine that you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. But, but also I'm, um aware of how quickly you get used to things. Cause I was like, Oh my God, everything I watch, I'm going to, my mind's going to be blown. And you know, a week later I'm like, yeah, this is TV. You know, like, <laughs> we need a new TV. <laughs> um, oh, but it, glory. it was also nice because of Omicron and the holidays. And it rained here in LA most of that week that, um, it was like, cool. We're, we're watching movies and we're, we don't feel guilty about it because like, we got a new TV and it's raining out and, you know, we're just, um, cause I don't love just sitting around and watching TV all day long, unless it's intentional. You know what I like, do you understand what I'm saying? I do. I think that's, you know, the Stoics talk about a live time and dead time. Like what is your, what are you doing mm-hmm. or are you allowing things to happen? Uh, yeah. You? you know, I, I actually get <laughs> like, angry mm. if we are sitting on the couch and jeff is just like scrolling right. through options i'm like I, i'll leave like just pick something like i can't forever and <laughs> i will not come back pick <laughs> something um so yeah that's why we don't really have it right now but at the beginning of the pandemic it just worked out that we had like a tv show every night mm-hmm. um and it was kind of nice because pre-pandemic we weren't home every night watching tv together and in the pandemic it was like something to look forward to wednesdays is survivor Tuesdays, I don't even remember if it was Tuesdays, but let's say Tuesdays is Better Call Saul. Like it was just something and we're doing it on purpose. We're not just like next episode, next episode, next episode. Right. Right. Which is a problem that I have now that I have every fucking streaming service. Uh, although I will say if I want to change from one streaming service to the other, I have to get in my car and drive <laughs> to the valley and just make a call from a payphone there so they can't tell who I am and say, right. But anyway, and sacrifice a chicken. Do it at this point, like I get, like it's so easy for no, me. Like it couldn't be. Um, <laughs> but there are a number of shows that I'm watching, and if I'm not caught up all the way on all the available episodes, I can just go. Okay, I'm going to watch this one, then this one, then th-. like mm-hmm. streaming. In other words, I was thinking about this today. Streaming services make it so there's always something you can watch, as opposed to the good old days where there was like appointment television. Mm-hmm. Like it's Tuesday, so I'm gonna watch the Real Housewives of 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 uh, of uh, uh, 
Topanga Canyon or, or you know, whatever their, their latest iteration is. Uh, now it's like, oh, there's 47 episodes of that on. So I can just watch all of them. You know? Right. Right. Um, but it feels like some surfaces have tapped into that. They've gone and, back to the old. Yeah. Way. Yeah. And so they, they'll release one a week. And uh, yes, which is good. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's frustrating. <laughs> well, it's good. It, but it's like good frustration. It's yeah. like, it's like um, you have anticipation because, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first one to have this thought. I'm sure. But there's times that you binge something because you're like so obsessed with it. But then afterwards, I can't remember a single thing. It's like it's like eating without chewing or mm-hmm. something. Well, the episodes all blur together. You're not like, yeah. oh, this was a great episode. Well, and when people are like, oh, in that fourth episode, and you're like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, this is not even a checking in thing. This is more of a a planning for the future thing. But uh, I guess we should probably talk about this off air, but <laughs> bringing it up here. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking that we should, I don't know when it's going to start, but whenever uh, uh, the second season of La Brea starts up again, yes. dedicate the, the, those weeks of the podcast, yes. have a La Brea show for eight uh, or whatever. Yeah. Did you, are you caught up? I'm not. I still have an episode and a half left. <sighs> uh, and I, and I, I just haven't gotten to it, but I'm going to, but I feel like that is such a funny, I don't know. There's something about that show. It's just hate watch, but, but it is, it does give me pleasure at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. um, because there's so much about it that I'm like, Oh my fucking God, you know, and good for, so that, many, good for those people. So many people had to like, approve everything. That's <laughs> what I keep like, yeah, I yeah. can't get this Instagram post approved, but like go it's with insane. God. It is insane. But so anyway, when that, when that rolls around again, uh, uh, I think we should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love that. And to that point, I think the break between episodes allow you to speculate on what is going to happen. And and um, when you just binge, which I love doing, I don't want to act like I, I don't love binging and I will do it again. And um, I've done it. I'll do it. And I'm doing it right now no (laughs) but uh but when you're binging like you don't even have time to like think about the show or what you want to happen or what you think will happen so you it you're less surprised or delighted because it just like is happening it's dead time it's washing over you it's not Mm -hmm. you're not making any not that you're becoming a genius by watching any tv program but there's something to what you're saying of like, this is what I think is going to happen next. I anticipate this is the direction that the story will go. Cause either you'll be right, which means your instincts are good and you'll be, pleased. You'll be surprised and you'll be like, Holy shit. I never yeah. saw it. You know, Ugh, which I love. Mm-hmm. You watched you're caught up on succession, right? Yes. Yes. That was good. It was good. It was good. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> Although I still have not read, I would like to read that profile in the New Yorker. Oh, I read it. Yeah. It's it's funny. Yeah, but like, it's just funny to me because he's so fucking great on the show. So if he's a who can't real yeah. life, whatever. 
You know, he's a fucking actor. Actors are weirdos. It's funny because I'm just going to toot my own horn for a second because I picked up on that dynamic just organically watching. You figured he was a weirdo in real life? Kind of. Um, I saw him at a sandwich shop once and I got really excited. Um, Shoving the sandwich up his No, ass. he was lovely. And I'm a, a I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Strong. We could say it to to include people because we're using shorts hand, but um, I think it was season two. I was really excited about season two coming out. So I was watching all of the like marketing that was created around it. Like, you know, Buzzfeed had the cast answer questions about, blah, 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 you know, like the dumb right, right, yeah. videos and stuff. And I, it, it felt very clear that they all, were bonded and had like a sense of humor except him mm-hmm. like and they would even sort of say like yeah he's intense you know? <laughs> <laughs> which i guess in that new yorker article they said a lot more than that basically yeah yeah but um it worked so perfectly for his character on the show right, right. it's it is it's perfect um so good for him you know the one there's a lot of you should read it. But one big takeaway is that uh, he, he, at the end of season one, I guess he said to Kieran Culkin, like, I'm afraid that people are going to think that this is a comedy. I did hear about that. And, and Kieran's like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think it actually is. <laughs> really funny. He also originally auditioned for Roman. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And they were like, no. <laughs> yeah. Those things are always so interesting, like the things that almost happened, but then mm-hmm. didn't happen. Or at least they're interesting to me. They may be totally boring to other people. But, you know, I always find that fascinating. Like, how different would things have been? And would the show even have been as successful as, right. you know, if if the other, if he played that part and, you know, I don't know who would play the other part, but some other weird, intense method actor. Jared Leto. <laughs> um, I mean, there there were some weird details. Like, I forget what movie it was, but he showed up on set and just like weeped, and it was a day he wasn't needed. <laughs> like, it's, like he's weird. <laughs> right? Yes, that is weird. That is <laughs> weird. And if I was there, I'd be like, "This guy, somebody get this guy out of here," you know. Uh, but I also feel like it's not. I could be wrong about this. It's happened, but I, that is the first time you've ever said that. <laughs> well, I know it's only happened once. So um, my dad would say I was wrong once. I thought I was wrong, but I was wrong. Uh huh. I, I don't think I said it the right way, but you, you understand the idea. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I was wrong was one time I thought I was wrong. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it turned out I was right. So really I was right. So I wasn't, yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's a Schrodinger's cat kind of thing. Um, but I guess I just feel like, like there's all those stories about, and I don't even remember any of them, but, uh, when they were doing, I want to say it was suicide squad and Jared Leto was playing the Joker and he was like sending people dead mice and used condoms. And cause the Joker is an agent of chaos and whatever. That's like fucked up. Like that's fuck you. Like, and he was like, I'm a method actor and I'm being the Joker. So I want people to see me as the Joker, as this agent of, 
And it's like, that is, that is uncool. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that this guy is doing, as far as I can tell, and I haven't read the article, it's not interfering with anybody else. It's just weird. So, <laughs> who cares? You know, well, it's so funny. You're like the fourth person who has mentioned that Jared Leto story when we're discussing Jeremy Strong. I only talk about things that other people have heard. No, 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 no. I think because people instantly are like, what Jared Leto did is bad. And what Jeremy. Right. This is the bad version. Uh-huh. And this is the harmless. Well, version. and here's like a fun theory that I just thought of as you were saying it. Like, Jeremy Strong's a better actor. Mm-hmm. So he also, like, not as pretty. Not as pretty. Not as pretty. Um, so it's just like, oh, yeah, like, it's a means to an end for a good performance. With Jared Leto, you're like, you did that for that? Like, <laughs> yeah, it has, it, it, it's like, it doesn't feel like it has anything to do with his performance. Mm-hmm. It feels like it has to do with his ego. And it feels like something he wants Vanity Fair to write about. Yeah, it's a story, not a yeah. technique. Yeah. Um, which, poor Jared Leto. <laughs> his terrible career. I would, Wasn't he the one that was on like a silent retreat when the pandemic started? And he came out like three weeks later and was like, say what now? <laughs> I think that's so funny. <laughs> but I feel like, look, look, I'm never going to, ha- I'm never going to have an interaction with Jared Leto. But if I was an actor on that movie and I got like a box and I opened the box and there was a fucking used condom inside, I would just go to his trailer and punch him in the fucking face. Like that is so nasty and obnoxious. Right, right. And unnecessary. Yeah. And and well, and how is that helping your performance? If anything, it's affecting me. Like, what do you in my personal life, not even in my performance? And it's making me go, this fucking asshole, you Mm -hmm. know. He was good in uh catch his catch can, or what was the what was the name of the show? I'll ask you if you ask me, you show me your what was what was the show (laughs) he was on? The first oh, 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 um, Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. My so-called life. Yes, my so-called life. <laughs> I'll show you mine. <laughs> um, anyway, he was good on that show, but um, so that's how my holiday break was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because mine was very different from that. Let's hear about it. Well, the night and it before, goes a little something like this. The, the night before I left. Mm-hmm. I was going to fly to New York the next day. I had to get up very, I had to get up at like four 30 to go to the airport. And I was like, I just feel like I might be making a mistake by doing this because I already knew, I mean, first of all, it was right when Omicron was blowing or Comic-Con, whatever we call it, <laughs> was blowing up. And we weren't sure how bad it was going to be, but it was definitely getting worse. Well, and, and I don't know about you, but I felt like I heard conflicting things of like, yes, it's very contagious, but it's like, not as bad, like, who cares? But as with every other moment yeah. of the pandemic, yeah, right. like, who the fuck really knows what's going right. on? Planes are safe. Airports are a horror show. You right. know, it's like, I don't know. So anyway. Before- and it's like a, sponsored by Delta. Like, where is this message coming from? Before. Before I left, 
I knew that one of my brothers, because the whole reason to go back is to see my family while I'm there. Of course. And I knew. You just love air travel. <laughs> <laughs> Those peanuts, man. Why don't they build the plane out of the black box? They um, don't They don't serve peanuts anymore. <laughs> oh, you're, God damn it. You're right. <laughs> it's Chex Mix. <laughs> well, I was on JetBlue and they didn't even serve the. The blue chips, I guess those are gone now too. Oh no. Um, Another casualty. Yeah. People are allergic to the color blue. But uh I was like, oh, so one of my brothers, I knew already that he and his wife and two of their three kids had all tested positive and were quarantining. So they were not going to be around for the whole thing. And in my head, I was like, am I going to go? And then all of a sudden everybody's just going to be sick and I'm just going to be sitting in my parents' house for eight days with nothing going on. And that didn't happen a hundred percent, but it happened like 75%. Okay. Enough. (laughs) I got there. I got to New York and I can't even remember the exact sequence of events, but basically I saw my brother who was quarantining for five seconds. I was outside his house. He was inside. We talked a little bit. Mm -hmm. One of his kids was not, uh, uh, had not, had still not tested positive. So he came out and he and I talked for a little bit and I was like, right, you must feel like a superhero. Next day he was diagnosed with COVID. Uh, then Christmas day happened or I saw one, another of my brothers and his kids outside their house. I didn't go in. We, you know, it's fucking freezing in New York. So we're standing outside his house talking and, uh, it was fine, but it was definitely like, okay, this is not ideal. It would be nice to be inside with some hot cocoa or cider or some such. Right. And then Christmas day happened and those guys were there and another of my brothers came with his husband and his kid. So that was nice. Then I went and visited them, my, my brother and his husband and their kid. They have like a house upstate now. So I went up there and had dinner with them. And that was great because that was just the four of us. And, you know, we could just kind of hang out all Relax night. a little bit. Um, because when everybody's there, it's fun, but it's just totally hectic and distracting and whatever. And then the next day, my other brother came up from D.C. or down from New Hampshire, wherever he, where, he was in transit from one place to another. So they all showed up. And that was fun. They were there overnight. And the next morning, my father tested positive for COVID. So those guys had to leave right away. And I had to go upstairs and isolate from him. And, you know, so it was this whole thing. He's fine. He's, you know, 85. So he's the target demo for COVID. But really was not, he was positive, but he was not really affected by it. So thank God. So were you guys all just testing constantly? No. uh, I think that... I don't remember. Like it was like when people would come over, they would test before coming in. And then my one nephew, Oh, that was the other thing was that when my brother came, my brother from DC and his family showed up, my other brother was going to come and one of his kids tested positive. And the other two kids, one of them was having oral surgery a couple of days. Later. So it was just this whole thing of like, we're not going to come because you know, somebody's positive and who knows if the other guys are positive and, so it was just nonstop, like falling like dominoes totally. time I was there. And then when my father tested positive, I was like, I, if I test positive, 
that means that I have to stay here for 10 days and can't fly. <laughs> I was like, I can't <laughs> here for 10 more days, you know? Um, so I didn't, I did not test positive, but, uh, it was, it was just a lot. It was not a fun Christmas, you know? No. And on top of that, it was, it was just stressful the whole time. Like of course. What was going on, you know? Well, it's relax. Um, what I'm I'm stopping myself because I realize like how privileged it sounds. But um, on some level, the pandemic has been for me theoretical, and it feels like it's um, yeah. Because Omicron is more contagious and more people are getting sick, even though they're getting less sick and having less ill effects, they are getting infected. Mm -hmm. And who knows when that changes, when the next variant comes along. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be another kick in the balls, you know, is when they go, somebody in, in Luxembourg just tested positive And that means that it's already escaped into all these countries and, you know, Fucking Fauci, that big big liar, the, the guy who's making all the money off all of the vaccines, is going to come on and tell us, "Oh, now you got to wear twelve masks." Whatever. <laughs> you know? um, so anyway, well, but here, so leaving that aside, that was that was wasn't horrible. It just was like low grade stress and not fun the entire time, right? You know, right? Um, and it 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 just makes people edgy. Like everybody is so uncertain the whole time of exactly what's going on. So like the morning, my dad tested positive. My mom just came into the kitchen and was like, dad just tested positive. So, and my brother was like, pack it up, let's go. We're out of here. And it was just this whole thing of like, you know, so anyway, I did get to play a couple of uh, games with my, my niece and nephews. And that was fun. Uh, and I and I will take credit for the fact that my seven-year-old niece and I won at Pictionary because I was able to get her to guess King Kong. Oh, I wish I, I took a picture of the picture I drew because I always took so much shit in the Mr. Pickles writer's room about what a terrible artist I was. And I was like, I got this kid to guess King Kong off my drawing. So I know what's up, you know, <laughs> I know how to communicate ideas in, in, in pictures. And then I flew back here uh, on New Year's Eve and actually... It was funny on, on the flight, or maybe it wasn't funny. I don't know. Uh, not funny, but like a little, well, who knows? Notable. Uh, yeah. The person diagonally across the aisle from me, in front of me, was binging uh, Ted Lasso on their laptop the entire time. So like every half hour, the computer screen in front of me was... Say Jane Becker. So... That was pretty funny. I know I have to stop myself because it's obnoxious. But when anyone talks about Ted Lasso, I'm like, my friend writes for it and she went out of me. But like, I'm just so proud of her. Well, I almost, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I was about to take a picture of it so I could send it to her. And then I was like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Even though she was facing away from me and looking at her computer screen, I was like, right. what if she sees me in the reflection? <laughs> So, so I didn't do it, but, uh, but anyway, that was pretty, that was cool. Uh, and then, yeah, got back here for New Year's Eve and, uh, partied your ass off, I bet. It was wild, man. It was wild. 
so that was my that was my my holiday. Ugh, that sounds horrible. I'm yeah. so sorry. Better luck next time, you know. Yeah, I um <clears throat> on New Year's Eve we were home watching TV. I know, very shocking, but we decided to put on the like Miley Cyrus, Pete Davidson. New Year's Eve party, just the tail end of it for like the countdown so that we would know exactly when. I get it. I'm all in favor of Miley Cyrus's tail end, man. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and <clears throat> in our neighborhood, her butt, I mean. I'm sorry, her butt, I, her tush. <laughs> <laughs> um, in in our neighborhood, it's it's actually hard to tell where it's coming from, but there are people who celebrate and they celebrate big. Like you can hear it. It feels like it's in the apartment, but I I I truly haven't invested like when it's happening, I don't go outside to be like, where is this happening? Um and in our neighborhood, a lot of fireworks go off. Like a a, a lot. And that's always been the case. We've we've lived here a long time. We lived in the building next door, but now we're situated where the window, we don't have to leave the apartment. We could see the big fireworks from our dining room. So that's fun. Um, point is, so we're watching the show and the the clock, the counter on the clock on the TV says, you know, 30, 30 seconds to the new year. The people parting outside at one point, it like quiets down and they're all like 10, 9, 8, you know, all of the numbers. I won't go through them all. Um, I don't want to bore you. Next, yeah. <laughs> and, and then Happy New Year and there's fireworks and, and, and everyone cheering. And, and there's, you know, still 30 seconds left on our countdown. I'm like, oh, they're so off. And Jeff looks at his phone and he's like, they're right. The show's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Miley Cyrus and Pete Davidson, man, get it together. They they must have had to have a delay because they were worried about things happening. So so we were like, uh, Happy New Year! Like <laughs> we weren't ready for it, right? Because thirty seconds is a good amount of time. There is a house around the corner from you where there's a bunch of uh, stuff in the front yard, like. I don't know. There's like a statue of a dinosaur. And oh, yes, yes, yes. I bet that's the house making a lot of noise. <laughs> noise the night I came over to your party. That, um, it like there's a, they have a dog and Smudgy gets along with that dog. We call him like dinosaur. A dinosaur. And then like maybe, is there like a punching bag or something in there? Mm-hmm. And then a the dinosaur currently has a Santa hat on because of the holidays. The dinosaur went up so for... Warmth. Right. The dinosaur went up for Halloween, but I think everyone's just like, we like it, man. It's staying. <laughs> oh, also, um, so the listeners can picture it. It's not like it's not like a green dinosaur. It's dinosaur bones. It's the skeleton of a dinosaur. Right, right, right. Right, you're right. I said dinosaur. I should have said. No, I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I'm just painting the picture. Because that's why it was a Halloween thing, I think, is the bones of it all. Um, all right, well, why don't we take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll do parting shots. Okay. Because I am going to get more coffee. You're, you're never going to sleep tonight. You're crazy. I don't, I don't sleep. So. Well, there might be a... Correlation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We're at a part of our show that we like to call parting shots. We love to call it that. Um, People love it when we call it that. mm -hmm. We've been doing it for, you know, this is our 13th year doing that. Nigh on 13 years. (laughs) Parting shots. I can go first. Great. Um, I talking about all this fun pandemic stuff i have something that's upcoming and i would love to hear your insight on it um i have jury duty the week of the 17th which is another thing that i was like that's martin luther king jr day Mm -hmm. that should be a day off yeah that's fucked up (laughs) um, federal holiday yeah um and there's a pandemic and all of that. So like I'm feeling so torn. You did jury duty during yeah. the pandemic. But like I have always wanted to do jury duty mm-hmm. my whole life. It's something that I'm interested in doing. Yeah. I am not seeing some of my best friends that live half a mile away. I don't really want to sit in a room with a bunch of randos that God knows like what precautions they're taking or what they believe or how seriously they think that they should treat the pandemic. Um, Like it's, it's like, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Is that what you felt when you did it? Um, I felt, I guess when I did it, I felt like, it was just something I was supposed to do. And I think we talked about this, but it was when I, this was, so I've done jury a number of times over the years, but this was the time where I really realized I am never going to get to serve on a jury. Like it's just not going to. Just who your family is. Yeah. Like they're just not going to take me in anything uh, because of, yeah, because of my brother's job, basically. There's no way for me to not say that if I'm asked about it. Do you have some connection to anybody in the whatever? And it's like, oh, no, we don't want that guy. <laughs> like, right. he's already, he's, he's totally. He knows him. too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was a bummer because I kind of feel the same way you do. Is like, I'd like to see the guts of the system. And, you know, I want to be the guy in the room who's like, but think about it. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, like that kind of shit. Um, totally. Like, and, um, I feel we're both bright and compassionate and the kind of person you want on a jury. Like if I was on trial, I, I would want people like us on the jury. Right. Uh, right. A hundred percent. But that said, it is a weird time to go to the LA. I'm, I'm assuming it's downtown that you have to go. Um Hopefully it's just like a, I call in a few times and then I that. suspect that is what will happen. That's what yeah. I was going to say is that the odds are 
you may have to report the first day and then call in every day after that. Uh, fingers crossed that it's even less than that because of all this other stuff that's going on. Or who knows where we'll be in a week and a half, you know? One of the things they're saying about this whole thing is that it's possible that the virus spreads so quickly that as quickly as it spiked, it will go down because mm. so many people have had it that are like, catching it the, anymore. The whole population has it, yeah. Um, Herd immunity that everyone wanted so badly. Right. Uh, Dr. Scott Atlas turns out to be right after all. Um, I mean, a lot of people had to die for that to be proven, but, you know, fuck them. They're old and fat, so who cares? Uh, and not all old and not all fat. Like, <laughs> facts, facts, facts. Who cares? <laughs> um, but, but I did talk to somebody recently. I think it was one of my students who was like, yeah, I was on jury duty, and there was somebody on jury duty with me who was a proud boy who refused to wear a mask the entire time we were in there. So and they let them in? They're a citizen, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know what the, I don't know what the deal is with you have to wear a mask or whatever, but he said the guy was in there and he was refusing to wear a mask and they, he was there. So. Um, it might've been one of those, you know, people, there. you know, people are trying to get out of jury duty. Like he's like, this will get me out. It's like, what? <laughs> I should be wearing a mask, shouldn't I? Yeah, should I? Shouldn't I? No, it's okay. Oh well. Oh. Hmm. Um. It. I, we've been watching. Um. Like if if we kind of end the night watching old episodes of Thirty Rock lately, mm-hmm. like especially if we're watching something intense, you know, just kind of keep it light and bright to end the night. And uh, it reminds me there was an episode where she had jury duty and she like puts on a Princess Leia costume and like says all this crazy shit. And they were like, this is New York. You're used to doing it in Pennsylvania. Like, this is fine. You, you'd make it onto a jury. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not quoting it correctly, but the idea is like, you're not crazy enough. Sorry. Right. I mean, that show lives in its own reality, right? They, they, they have their own thing going on so they can be as cartoony as possible. Um, do you remember the whole thing with Sarah Silverman when she did the joke about jury duty, getting out of jury duty, and it caused this whole contra- It was years ago, and I don't even want to repeat it. It's a great joke, but of course, if I said it now, I would get in big trouble. But if anybody's interested, there's a whole thing that happened with Sarah and doing a joke about jury duty years ago where she was kind of forced to apologize for the joke. Interesting. Um, so you're so you're not looking forward to this, even though you were. Yes, it's ago. yeah, and it makes me feel like I feel like I've had so many jury duty like checking ins throughout the last thirteen years, but it feels like because <laughs> this is the time that I don't want it. Like I definitely am gonna get it. It's the, uh, the the circle of life. It just keeps coming around until you actually have to do it. And this is the time, you know? Yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, it's there's no doubt about it. Uh, but as I was saying about my dad, like, luckily you're vaccinated and boosted. And, you know, so chances are very good that even if you do get sick, you won't get that sick. Uh, right. Right. And, um I guess going back to what I was talking about earlier, 
I am not. It's hard to explain fully, but I'm not terrified of. I don't think I'm going to die if I get COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am terrified of being a carrier and spreading it around. And that is, I think, the big motivator of why I've been so locked down. Now that's interesting because I had a I I agree with you and that's that's one of my big fears and that's why when I was going back to New York that's one of the reasons why I was like I don't know if this is a good idea because what if I do get sick on the plane and then I go into this situation where I'm with my folks and other people in my family and somebody gets sick because of that and blah blah blah, blah. and I had somebody say to me like you just can't think about it like that because everybody is sort of responsible for their own safety. and there's no way to trace like yeah. no one's like amber you got right 27 people sick right i mean there should be we should have that system set up and i think they do in some places but it just doesn't work in this day and age of incredibly accurate electronics you know um so oh also, I have another mini parting shot. I I am excited about the new year. I I have good <laughs> feelings, which is laughable after the last two years. But um, I agree, though. I agree. I, I I have some I have some optimism, and I'm excited. I I feel like I was I was literally thinking about the probably because I was knew we were going to talk, and I was thinking about that today of like. Like I could just remember in my early twenties, like literally right after I got out of college, just being drunk in the upstate mountains of New York on New Year's with a bunch of girls that I went to college. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and being like, this is our fucking year. This is gonna be our you know, yeah, we're gonna do whatever. And like that sort of like, you know, and that probably wasn't the only time that was the attitude and whatever. And this year, I don't feel that way, but I do feel like this is going to be a good year. You mm-hmm. know, like I just, I don't feel like jumping up and down and like pumping my No, brain. no. It's like a, a quiet, calm, yeah, serene, peaceful feeling. And I, and I, and I feel like we, and by we, I mean you and I, but I also mean the collective we as a society deserve it at this point. We need it. Right? Yeah. Um, it just has to happen because otherwise, I know. (laughs) All right, Sean, parting shots. (laughs) Uh, okay. Well, in that vein, uh, have I, well, a couple of things. First thing is feel like I am kind of going crazy because I'm doing so many things right now in terms of projects I'm working on, things I'm doing, output I'm trying to put together. None of it, all of it is on spec right now, but I'm hoping it's going to lead to other stuff and, and stuff is going to happen down the line. What that means is I think I may stop doing one of the things that I've been doing for this show, which is putting out the audiogram of the week. Because even though it's only like an hour and a half or two hours it takes me to do that. It's two hours that you could be doing something else. And I don't feel like it has much of an impact on anything, you know? It's like, it's fun and like, oh, that's a funny moment or whatever. But nobody cares. You know, it's not like we're building a bigger audience by putting that thing out every week. And it's not like we, there's been weeks where I haven't done it. And it's not like we get flooded with mail of people going, (laughs) 
what the fuck, man? Where was the thing this week? So that's okay. It's a good warning for everyone. Decision that I have come to. Um, and then my only other thing is, uh, uh, we were talking about TV, and and I actually had a conversation with one of my nephews um, while I was while I was in New York, and he was talking about how they have been binging the newest season of Survivor. Mm-hmm. I watched it not binged. I watched it week by week. And I and I I guess my feeling about that, and this is what I said to him, I was like, I get it. I get why Survivor is appealing to people. Like it's a well-constructed show. It's it's the best of that genre of show mm-hmm. because the competition is good and the relationships are interesting and the way that people set up alliances is is dramatic. So there's a lot of elements to it that that function. So I understand that. And this kid is 15, you know? So I was like, but I will tell you, there are a million other things out there that I would recommend for you to watch, binge or not, over any reality TV show. Things that are interesting and challenging and make you think and expand your horizons. Exactly all the things you want to hear when you're 15, you know? Um, But the reason I say that is because there's a show that I've been watching that I think is amazing that I'm going to recommend to everybody right now. And the show, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called station 11 on HBO max. No, I, I've seen the key art. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Well, no. I, um, I read That's the description the and I was like, Nope, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I get that. Cause it is about a pandemic, but it's about, I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to. No spoilers. Pigeonhole. Well, no spoilers, but I also don't want to pigeonhole, but it's about like, it is about the pandemic, but it's also about art and what the relationship to humanity is and whether art should continue and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Is and it about relationships? <laughs> it's about how people interact with other people. and <laughs> That was my favorite. Uh... In college, everyone would be like, it's about relationships. Like, yes, everything is. <laughs> but anyway, if anybody is is looking for something to watch, I, I okay. can't recommend Station Eleven highly enough. It's it, And it's also, I guess what I really love about it is the way the storytelling is structured. It's not just mm-hmm. the story itself, because it takes place in the present, but also 20 years in the future. And it does an incredibly good job of fluidly going back and forth between those two things. And sometimes doing both of them simultaneously, which is, which is very cool. And a thing that I think a lot of shows try to do and fail miserably at mm-hmm. or do in a very clunky way. And this show, you know, really pulls it off in a, in a very cool way. So that's my, that's my, smaller parting shot after my bigger parting shot after my first parting shot i love it well i think that was our show everybody I think happy happy 2022 2022 is gonna be good it better be or else <laughs> or else <laughs> all right we'll see you guys next time bye-bye bye
I started too late Like cutting my hair And brushing my teeth And watching my weight And arriving on time If only I was any older Then I would do the same And you'd be my controller And of all of the places that I want to go Like into your arms And back to my house And out of the snow And away from myself I should have stayed a little longer If only 